Alan Keyes and Senator John McCain. The event was hosted jointly by NBC and the local Des Moines affiliate on WHO-TV, Channel 13. The co-hosts were Tom Brokaw and WHO's talented and sharp local anchor, John Backman. The Iowan had flown to New York to discuss with Brokaw how the debate should be handled. Let's open it up and have it more free-willing, Brokaw had suggested, and Backman readily agreed. The Iowa caucuses were still six weeks away, and all the candidates had been stomping through New Hampshire, preparing for the primary schedule there February 1, 2000. Tonight would be the best opportunity for a national television audience to see the six presidential hopefuls up close, sparring among themselves. A dark blue stage background provided a minimalist setting for the candidates who were seated on stage, side by side, on the kind of chairs often found outside the human resources office of a Silicon Valley startup. The candidates all wore dark gray or dark blue suits and simple red or blue ties. It was a uniform that made it clear that they all belonged to the same club. Indeed, in a way, they did a Republican Party eager for political power after seven years of a Democratic White House. The freewheeling rules of the debate allowed candidates to ask questions of each other and, if they felt the urge, to jump in with a comment on something any of the others had said. There were no bells or buzzers cramping this loose style. Still, for the first several minutes, there were no pyrotechnics. The questions, first to Senator McCain, focused on the tragic Columbine high school shooting in 1999 and what might have caused such terrible behavior among American schoolchildren, on federal involvement in health insurance programs, on ethanol, on trade with China, on the test ban treaty, and on tax cuts. Then Backman took the microphone from Brokaw and announced that he had a question for the candidates from the good folks of Iowa meaning that he had winnowed it out from a collection of questions submitted in advance by viewers. What political philosopher, Mr. Forbes, he asked, do you most identify with and why? Then he paused half apologetically and added, which gives the remaining five time to think. I'm sorry. The audience chuckled loudly. John Locke, said Forbes, because... He had set the stage for what became a revolution. Next, Backman turned to Alan Keyes, who said he thought that the founders of this country had had a profound effect on his own thinking. Playing the role of club radical, Keyes said America ought to, quote, get back to their thinking and even abolish income tax, funding the government through tariffs, duties, and excise taxes so that people could get back control of their money instead of having to depend on nice politicians like Mr. Bush or bad politicians like Bill Clinton. The partisan Republican audience of about 1,500 applauded. Then Bush jumped in. At least he called me nice, he said, drawing broad laughter from the audience. Governor Bush, Backman resumed, a philosopher-thinker, and why? Christ, said Bush, without hesitation, because he changed my heart. There was a moment of almost shocked silence. Backman, realizing that there needed to be a follow-up, turned back to Bush. I think the viewers would like to know more on how he's changed your heart, he added. Well, if you don't know, Bush rejoined, it's going to be hard to explain. 
His face took on an expression close to a smirk when he said this, irritating some observers who didn't like the remark in the first place. But Bachman later said he had not interpreted this as a you dummy response. Quote, I was still caught unprepared because it was so brief, unquote, Bachman explained. In his follow-up, Bush elaborated, When you turn your heart and your life over to Christ, when you accept Christ as the Savior, it changes your heart, it changes your life, and that's what happened to me. Once again, there was a brief, almost stunned silence in the auditorium. People were surprised and perhaps a little shocked, recalled Karen Hughes, who was Bush's communications director during the campaign and who attended almost every major appearance of candidate Bush. But then the audience erupted in a cascade of applause, despite the fact that Brokaw and Backman earlier on had sternly instructed the audience not to display partisan applause at any point during the debate. Senator Hatch? Senator Hatch? Backman asked insistently, trying to move past the noisy audience response and get the debate back on track. I agree with that, Hatch replied, but I think it goes without saying, no question in my mind. Presumably, he meant Christ. When it came to Senator McCain, the reply was Theodore Roosevelt. But Gary Bauer came back to Christ, starting off his response by quoting Christ from Matthew 25:35, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Christ, with these words, taught all of us our obligations to each other, to the unborn child, to those living in poverty, the need for us to be together regardless of the color of our skin. There is no figure in human history who, through his life, his death, and his resurrection, has changed the world for millions, billions, countless people. If America is in trouble in the next century, it will be because we ignored what he taught us, Tom. Now there was more loud applause. Brokaw, who had taken over from Backman, paused briefly to let it subside before moving the questioning back to more familiar political ground. But the deed was done. The political bombshell had exploded. Nothing later in the evening matched the terse, almost awkward moment that followed Bush's utterance of the name Christ. Nothing aroused the attention of analysts or the wrath of critics quite as much either. Watching the debate on TV in Washington, D.C. was Christy Hamrick, a conservative political consultant at the time and still today a keen evangelical churchgoer. It was an astounding moment, she said. It was absolutely exhilarating to see someone at that level be unafraid. I was taken aback by the fearlessness of the remark. I felt at that moment that Bush would be the president. Perhaps more than one of Bush's Republican fellow aspirants that evening wished he had made the Christ comment first. Gary Bauer later was gracious enough to admit this. My first immediate disappointment was that he had beaten me to the punch, that he was going first, he said. I knew immediately, particularly for him, that it was the right thing to do. I knew it would also generate some howls from the secular elites, which I thought would be to his advantage. As for Backman, who had, before becoming an anchor, spent a year in Lutheran seminary and then another year in Mansfield College, Oxford, a theology college, both the audience's resonance with Bush's answer and the response from his own superiors were gratifying. 
WHO-TV is owned by the New York Times, and Bachman received a personal email from the chairman of the board of the New York Times company, Arthur O. Salzberger, congratulating him for WHO-TV's handling of the debate, and in particular for the Christ philosopher portion of the show. But the howls predicted by Bauer were soon audible. Some of the other secular elites jumped on Bush for his Christ comment within hours of the debate's conclusion. Not only did many people think Bush had blundered badly by introducing religious convictions in a political debate, but others thought that he had demonstrated a calculated political cynicism. A third group considered him crassly ill-bred. Merely by introducing his personal religious views in a political setting, they argued, he had demonstrated unconscionable political ill manners, like a teenager belching at his grandma's funeral. Hosting his own often feisty talk show program Hardball at 11 p.m., MSNBC's Chris Matthews took advantage of the opportunity to comment directly on the debate. He sniffed, I thought they should have had that performance in a tent. That was an evangelical meeting. It was a, a, a revival meeting. I thought it had no place in politics, but hey, everybody has their own taste in this business of politics. But NBC reporter Nora O'Donnell, a guest on the show that evening, said she thought Bush had delivered, quote, a strong performance, unquote, in the debate, and that his Christ comment really stole the house. Interestingly, asked about the debate nearly four years later, Matthews seemed to have modified his initial rather glib revival meeting characterization of the debate. I thought it was a rather gifted response, he said in November 2003.